0: you increase the pressure of having to win, you've increased the pressure so much, the way to actually win is to reduce the pressure. Welcome to the Grow Time Business Devo, where we explore biblical principles for living a high performance and a God-honoring life. I'm Kenneth Ott. And today we're in Numbers chapter 10, verse 29. It's one verse. And uh, I think there's something just so powerful about this one verse, okay? So this is actually the story of the Israelites in, in the wilderness and moving from place to place as they make their way towards the promised land. This is Moses uh, speaking to his brother-in-law. Okay, and that's not necessarily relevant for what we're talking about today, but I just kind of wanted to put it in context. So verse 29, I'm going to just read one part of the verse. All right, actually, I'll just read the whole verse and I'll call it, kind of call out the one part. Now Moses said to Habab, the son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. So this is his brother-in-law he's talking to. We are setting out for the place of which the Lord has said, I will give it to you. Okay, I'm gonna read that again. We are setting out for the place of which the Lord has said, I will give it to you. This is the verse. And um, this really jumped out at me today because, you know, this is Moses leading thousands of people through the wilderness to this promised land. That God has promised to them. And I can relate to this in a much smaller sense, and I imagine you can. This idea of a promise that you feel is yours, that you should go and pursue and take. Right. We've talked about this idea of a vision and a calling and a mission. So a promise that you should pursue, right? That that a promise that let's say God has given to you, maybe it's a word, maybe it's a belief and you're pursuing that and maybe you're leading people as well. Maybe you have a company, right? I have, a, I have, a, I have several businesses and I have people that I'm leading somewhere. I have a family. I have, I have a family that I'm leading in a direction, right? You want to feel really good about where you're leading those people, right? And so you seek out a word, a promise and you get that. But here's the thing with that promise, with that feeling, it's often a feeling. For me, it's a feeling. You often don't have the clarity of what the end point is, right? And you often don't even have the map, right? You know, you're supposed to do a thing, you know, kind of, you have an idea of the vision in your head of what it is, but you don't know exactly what it is. You don't know the path that you're gonna to have to take to get there. You don't know all the challenges and hardships that, that you're gonna have. And so as I was looking at this, I was thinking, what are some leadership and high performance principles we can get from this little verse right here? Because it's an odd one. And Moses is one of the great leaders, right? When you look back at the leaders in the Bible, like Abraham, David, Moses, Um, in the Old Testament, like with all these like elaborate stories, Moses is one of the great leaders. Can you imagine his story, right? He's leading these people, he's in the wilderness to this place that they don't even know exactly what it is. That is, there's a lot of leadership in here. And so I thought, um, what are some things we can take away from this? I wrote down that confidence and conviction comes before clarity oftentimes. And you see this, you see this here with Moses right in fact he uses god's words he doesn't say we're setting out for the place that god told us to go he doesn't say we're setting out the, for the place that god's going to give us he doesn't use any of those words he says we're setting out for the place of which the lord has said i will give it to you which is it's an, it's an odd thing he didn't know exactly the end point right he didn't have absolute clarity about the end point And so first thing I had to say is like confidence and conviction in my experience often comes before clarity, right? And we see that, I've talked about Abraham before. I think Abraham is is an awesome story. And when God called Abraham and gave him the promise, he said, go to a place that I will tell you, right? He said, go, the first thing was go. You have to go to the place that I'm going to tell you what in the world does that mean, right? Like, but I think we can relate. If, 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 if you're like me and you're pursuing something, you don't really know exactly what that might look like. And that's that can be a little bit concerning, right? That can be a little, that can cause a little bit of anxiety sometimes. Um, when challenges come, that can make you question where you're going because it's, it takes faith to pursue this. And, and even if you're not a spiritual person, if you're pursuing a vision, you're using faith, right? You're, you're, you believe that this thing is something that you should pursue, but you don't know. And I think that's the key here. So when God gives us a calling, I was just sort of thinking like, why often? And in the Bible, why often does he not say where it is? Like, why doesn't he say the end point? just have a couple thoughts. Maybe, maybe it's because we might lose some of our motivation and, or maybe um, our pursuit, right? Maybe if we knew what the end point was exactly, it might seem like it's going to happen no matter how hard we try, right? Maybe we'll try less. Maybe we'll give less effort. As you know, I coach. A lot of soccer teams for my kids. And it's really interesting to me to watch little ones at various ages, right? So I'm coaching like various age groups, uh, learn how to pursue something and give a ton of effort to something when they don't know the end result, right? You don't know if you're going to win or not. In fact, the secret to winning is actually not worrying about the win. And, And I've talked about that before. And it's such a, it's the counterintuitive backwards way of winning, right? It's the effort and it's the things that you do that actually will get you to the win. And so I coach these soccer teams. I can see how the, in this little microcosm of the soccer team analogy, right? Uh, right where, we're, where you've got these kids that are giving a ton of effort, but they don't know the end result. And I had one experience, I've said several of these, but I had one experience where one of my best players said, we were up by like like four or five goals. And one of my best players was like, she was, they were talking on the sidelines. And um, I said, hey, hey play, pay attention to the game. And they said, oh, it's no big deal. We're gonna win anyway. And it, it hit me and I had to talk with that player. It hit me that, there's this very fine line between confidence and expectation and going too far into it reducing your effort. Um, you thinking that it's a given, you thinking that it's going to be easy because that's when you actually, everything gets reversed. That's when the tables turns. We watch this in all kinds of sports, right? Watch this in playoff series where, where one team is up and then they loosen up, right? They loosen up on the things that got them there and then they get, they get overtaken and lose the series. We watch this all the time, right? We watch this in business. Big businesses get complacent and, then, and they rest on their laurels of where, what they've achieved and then they get disrupted, right? This happens a lot. Um, so it's like confidence and arrogance are very, very close brothers, right? They're really close together. You can slip into arrogance really fast. And the difference is, at least in my definition, the difference is that arrogance allows, you, it makes, it makes you think that it's all you, it's a given, it's going to happen no matter what. And you actually reduce your effort, right? And you get complacent. And your ego takes over, and then you get disrupted and you don't get the thing. Where confidence and expectation, it's a very similar thing, right? It's believing we will win. It's believing that this thing is for me, or we will win in the end. I don't know if we'll win every single game, but I know eventually we will win. Why do you have that belief? You have that belief because we're number one, maybe, maybe in a, in a life scenario, you have a calling, but also number two, you know, you're doing the things, you know, you're leveraging the success principles, you're, you're working in line with the principles that are ingrained in the universe and humanity, and you're giving the effort and you're working hard and you're pursuing something. You're gonna do all the hard things so that eventually it is a given that you will win, okay? so expectation and confidence, belief is, is very similar but very different than arrogance. And maybe one of the reasons we don't get told the end point, maybe I can tell this for me, maybe it would slip us into some level of arrogance. And maybe we wouldn't actually achieve that thing if we knew about that thing. Maybe, maybe we would think it was easy and we wouldn't do the hard work and we would think it was us. Also, just on this question of why doesn't God show us what exactly it's gonna be? The last thing I thought was, maybe it's because it's always changing. You know, um, Maybe because the destination is moving and it's not static. It's not a static destination. Maybe it's a, it's a dynamic calling, meaning it moves and progresses and grows versus a static place. There's so much, as I started to think inside of that idea, there's so much depth inside of that idea of, mm-hmm. of, of it really isn't a final destination. It's really a progression. And these milestones, still, milestones along the way are some of these, these things that was goals that we're pursuing, these visions that we have or whatever that is. But truthfully, you're not going to, you know, I know this in business, right? You, you, you set a goal and hopefully it's a really big goal. And then you pursue that goal, right? And then you have to adjust what you do, right? To pursue that goal. In fact, I was reading this book recently. It's actually right here. It's called, uh, if I could pick it up. It's called 10X is Easier Than 2X by uh, Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy who I've seen speak recently and just, he's amazing. It's a great book. The idea is when you pursue a goal, if it's big enough, then it becomes easier because it filters out all the things that you shouldn't do. It makes it really clear what you should do. But another concept in this book is that achieving the goal never really happens because the goal continues to move, right? That is the nature of goals. I believe that that's the nature of how God God calls us to things as well. There maybe isn't any final destination endpoint. It is, it is the next milestone. It's the path that you're on. And that's why I said it's, maybe it's a dynamic calling versus a static destination. So I was just the first uh, leadership principle I, I thought came out of this was this idea of the confidence becomes, comes before clarity. Maybe it comes without clarity. And why is that? The second thing that I think is really interesting here is that Moses has a deep expectation when he speaks here. I, I love this and I think it's a lesson that we can, we can learn from. When he says, we are setting out for the place of which the Lord has said, I will give it to you. It's as if it's already done. And they're currently in the wilderness. Like they're wandering around, right? And right now in, in, this, in this area, they're actually following the cloud of smoke. So, so but they're still in the wilderness and they don't, and, they, and he knows, clearly he knows that there's not a city waiting empty for them that's just going to be handed to them on a silver platter. He knows that there's going to be a battle he knows that there's going to be challenges. I would imagine that there's certainly a large potential for doubt to come in to his belief system, right? Because there's, there's certainly a battle ahead, but he has this expectation of it being given to them. It, he speaks and he speaks throughout this it's a great story as if it's already done. And, um, and that is this idea of belief and expectation. I talk about this all the time, but it is, it is this, it's this superpower that God has given us that we can use in every situation. And there's no downside of expecting the positive outcome. I've talked about that before. Um, we, we, the only reason that we would expect a negative outcome or we would doubt something, is to save face, right? To avoid potential shame to the people around us. That's the only reason. To, that's the only benefit of expecting a negative outcome, and that's not really a benefit, right? Expecting a negative outcome has a lot of downsides because the potential for win, for it for you succeeding is very very low. In fact, it's 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 very low. It's almost zero. So. If we want to achieve something, if we want to pursue a calling that that we believe in, we need to expect that it's going to happen. And the great thing about pursuing a calling and getting a vision and getting clarity on something from God is that you are instilled with this massive belief, right? And and uh, and you actually borrow the belief of God that God's given you and you borrow that and that becomes your expectation and you feel powerful. You feel like you can run through a wall. That's why, that's why it's so powerful. and so important to be pursuing what the calling, the mission and the vision is in whatever stage of life you are. And it changes, but it's so powerful because it gives you a very strong expectation and belief to push through any of the challenges that are going to come ahead and they will come because that's just the nature of life and, and achieving things. We all know that. The third thing that I just wanted to call attention to and it's very related to this idea of expectation and belief is the words that are used. The words that Moses uses, his vocabulary. It's a weird sentence, right? This is a very odd thing to say. And I think it's very intentional, right? He could have said, we're setting out for a place of which the Lord has given us or the Lord said he would give us or we're setting out for Canaan or we're setting out for um, the land that we're going to try to get or something like that, right? There could be a million ways that he could have said this and it would have been more normal to say it that way. But he doesn't use himself as, as the subject of this. He uses God's words in an odd way. He says, We're setting out for a place of which the Lord has said, I will give it to you. And it's a very interesting way of saying something. So why was that? And I don't know why it was, but I do think that um, as I think about this, maybe, um, maybe he borrowed God's words because maybe he had some, some fear. Maybe he had some doubt. Maybe he didn't have the full confidence because it sounded so far-fetched. And so rather than uh, maybe he couldn't say with strong belief, the place that God's giving us, maybe he had to say the place that God said, I will give you. Um, I think it's powerful. And I don't know if that was the case, obviously. And as I've said before, I'm not a pastor or a Bible scholar. I'm an entrepreneur that is a Christian that really um, believes that there are success principles woven into the Bible. And uh, and my as I find them, this, this podcast, this show, these videos are to share those things. But what I get from this is that using God's words when he promised something to you can be a substitute for your own words And it's kind of like borrowing the belief. You may not have the belief yet. God may have told you something that you might be like, or you may feel called to something that you don't feel ready for, or you don't even feel like you're prepared to take on or you could ever take on or, or how could I ever achieve that thing? That sounds insane, right? I remember saying things to people that I believed were, what I was called to do or what was for me or things that I was going to achieve. And by the way, I've actually achieved a lot of those things. And so that's that's good. And there's a lot that I'm also pursuing. But I remember at the beginning saying it to people and feeling silly saying it, right? Because it was so outside of the norm of what the expectation and what the, the mold and the model was at the time. And I think if you're an entrepreneur, if you're blazing your own path, if you're someone with a lot of ambition, right? If you own a business, if you're a high performance individual, then you know how that feels, right? You know how it feels to, in your mind, feel like you can achieve and should achieve and should go after and should believe something. But you know that it it probably sounds so ridiculous to the other 90%, like all the normal people out there, right, that they're going to, because they're filtering it through their, their limited belief system. And they're going to think it's insane and ridiculous. And you might feel silly saying it, or they might, or, or it, it may, some people you want to avoid even saying it too, because it might actually create doubt in your world, right? And you don't want to create that. But maybe there are times when there are things so big that you feel called to it, but you're also like, I don't even know if I can say that or believe it. And maybe in those times, maybe we need to borrow the words that were actually given to us. Now, those might be God's words; those might be the words of others. You know, I um, when I'm pursuing something, and this is, it's really fascinating. This has happened a lot recently, and recently being the last, you know, year or two. But when I'm pursuing something and I feel like I get a shift in what I'm supposed to go after and I'm excited and energized by it, right? A new calling and a re-energized vision about what I'm supposed to be doing. When I'm pursuing that, it's, it's pretty interesting how that, that's a feeling usually. It's, I, it's rare that it's a verbal word. It's usually a feeling, And then what really makes it something powerful in my life, and my experience is things will start to align and happen that reinforce that feeling, right? That, That give me confidence that that feeling and that thing I'm supposed to be pursuing is the right thing. And sometimes, and like I said, this has happened recently, sometimes there'll be people in your life or there'll be people in my life. And by the way, this only happens if you surround yourself with the right people. And th- that is really important. When you're pursuing something, well, anytime, especially if you're pursuing something that's big, but even anytime, you need to surround yourself with the right people that have the right beliefs that elevate you versus the opposite, the people that would lower your average, right? The people that would create doubt. Uh, you need to surround yourself with the right people. So if you're doing that, in my experience, what has happened several times is someone will come to me and say something that they may not even know it, but it's so powerful and so in line and maybe even the exact words of the thing that I'm trying to pursue. And maybe, or, the, or the, the, the words that I've written down of what I think the promise is, right? Sometimes they'll actually use those exact words or something very similar to it. And that will stick with me, right? That will be a massive confidence boost, right? That will show me the belief I need to have. It's, 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 another, it's another addition right, to the belief system. And when that happens, maybe if you don't fully believe it, maybe you borrow those words, right? Maybe, maybe you borrow the words of others or the words of God in the thing that you're pursuing. If you don't have the belief fully inside of you and you can't say it with conviction yet, or maybe you're scared, or maybe there's some doubt, maybe there's fear, maybe you're still adopting and building that belief. I don't know if that's what Moses is doing here, but maybe it is. And I think it's really interesting that he's used God's word, God's words versus his own. It's almost as if like, and you know, if I use God, God's words, he can't lie. So it's almost like it, it puts higher leverage on God's actually, Come through with what he said. I think. I think. Just in close, like there's this concept which I think is important in um, in in our culture, and, and it's actually been something that is getting watered down. So in our culture, especially if you are a leader, especially if you're a business owner, or, or you lead any group of people, a family leader, or anything like that, I think there's this concept of ownership right? That we need to own our decisions. We need to own the results from our decisions. We need to own everything underneath our responsibility blanket, right? We own that. And, and that's actually a biblical concept and it's a true concept. If you're not a victim, everything is a result of a decision, most likely if you're a grown-up. And so we need to own those things, right? So this concept of ownership, right? It's an important concept but there is a level to which it you go beyond what you should own or what you can own at least i think and maybe that is in the ultimate end result like all we can own is our actions and what we do and how we act and 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 how we and leveraging strategies and aligning with principles and doing those kind of things right our effort these things we can own well, we can't really own the end result. And as I was just sort of thinking about this, I thought, sometimes we try and own the end result, and maybe we need to disown the end result. I think that's one of the benefits of, of being a believer in Christ and, uh, and actually partnering with God in your pursuit versus versus not, or even if you were Christian versus doing it for. God's approval, right? But this idea of partnering alongside, I think is really powerful. And I think it's actually it takes a lot of pressure off of you for things that you can't control. What if we disowned the result and just rather than owning that result and, and rather than in, in this case, like you know, someone like, like if it was if it was me saying, The place that God told me to go get, right? That would be me owning that result. What if we just owned all the things that lead up to it, all the things we control, all our effort, all that kind of stuff? But what if we let God own the result and actually challenge the promise that he gave, right? And use his words and let him own and you you disown the result. I mean, would your would your life be more enjoyable and better? Would it, would your your business what you're pursuing, maybe be more successful? I think it would be. I've, I've, actually, I've actually gone through sacrificing the results. Um, and I do that actually daily. And something that I have to continue to condition because like, I really want to control everything, right? That's just my personality. So when I do that, I get a peace, I get um, a relief. And you really can only do that if you feel like you're, what you're doing is in line. Godly principles, and by the way, being in line with Godly principles is how you actually get success. Right? That's that's why you don't necessarily have to be a believer and a Christian to actually be successful with God's principles, at least some of them. But if you align with that, you disown the result. Maybe you'd actually be more powerful. Uh, maybe you would actually be able to do what you're supposed to do and supposed to own at a higher level. So that you actually are more likely to achieve that result, you know I'll end with this little story. I was talking with my son who's going through these kind of he's he's having these like mental rearrangements and breakthroughs as he's like growing up and he's into sports and he's a he's a highly ambitious super high effort person like in every area of his life, especially and all my kids are, but in in this and but he's my oldest and he's it, when, when it comes to soccer or any sport, his goal is to win, right? That's what he wants to do. He's, that's, and so the challenge is I was going through with him, like the way to win is actually reduced pressure. If, if you increase the pressure of, of having to win, which is you owning that result, that's the connection here. If you, if you own that result, you have to get it. You've increased the pressure so much the way to actually win is to reduce the pressure. And I'll go into this in depth in another, in another episode. But the point is, is if you increase the pressure, you're less likely to win because you're more likely to think through and hesitate so that you don't make a mistake because you're so scared that you, your mistake will, will not get you the win that you actually end up playing at a lower level and you don't enjoy it either. And so the way to win, is actually to reduce the pressure, um, reduce the magnitude or the importance of the outcome and disown the outcome and own the doing, right? That's all you can really own. And and I think that's true here. Think, what would it look like if we just, We owned everything except the outcome. We disowned the outcome and the result. And we uh, actually use God's words instead of that to actually have him own that. That would be pretty powerful. So hopefully this was helpful to you today. I hope this helps you live a higher, high performance, more God-honoring life, more successful life. Um, by the way, if you'd like to learn more about, about me, or if you'd like to sign up to these devotionals and get them potentially daily, and I could even text them to you, uh, we're gonna, I'm thinking about doing maybe a, a text group where we send these out in the morning, or if we want to do email, that's fine too. But if you're interested in learning more or signing up to get these in your inbox, visit bizdevo.com. That's b i z d e v o Dot com, Or uh, you can also visit Ken Ott.com, K-E-N-O-T-T. Um, and you can sign up there. So until next time, thanks and never stop growing.